the Independence Exeter City podcast. This is Grecian Talk with Ollie Heptinstall, Paul Martin, and Paul Sussex. Welcome to another edition of Grecian Talk, and it's a big one this week. We'll be discussing Exeter's one-all draw with Plymouth in the Devon Derby on Saturday in what was a tight cagey affair, but we'll have all the fallout from that and the performance and the result, as well as discussing League 2 in general. Bristol Rovers have finally sacked Mark McGee after we've been talking about it every week, as well as some of the other games that happened over the weekend, and looking forward to another Devon Derby this weekend. We're being spoiled at the moment with local derbies. It's talkie away this weekend. We'll ahead to Saturday's game, and uh, we've got... Hans tonight, Paul Sussex, how are you Hans? Yep, I'm good. And uh, Mark Briggs as well, as well, how are you Mark? Yes, very good, thank you Paul. Okay, good to hear, right, so uh, that's all coming up this week on Grecian Talk. Right then, so we'll start, of course, the only place to start this week is from St James Park on Saturday, we finished extra 1, Plymouth 1, and uh, we'll come to you first Hans, I mean Plymouth didn't look like a great side, I mean you'd think from 1-0 up we should, we should have gone on to claim all three points, was it two points dropped in your opinion? I think we can be relieved that uh, we didn't lose, but I think we were also disappointed that we didn't get all three points. The first half was relatively comfortable. Um, Curitan missing three chances in the end. Um, very frustrating. I think he um, feels that like he's let us down, looking at his reaction at the final whistle. Second half, um, I was genuinely worried that um, they were going to get a goal. Um, eventually they did. Um, I was then worried that um, they might get a second goal and uh, take all three points, meaning that they got the bragging rights. It's a derby game. It's not just about the points. It's about the bragging rights and a lot of other things. And it was very tense in the big bank on, uh, on Saturday in the second half. Yeah, it certainly was nerve-wracking throughout that second period as Plymouth came more and more into the game. And I think, despite the sort of tribal nature of it, I think we can admit that Plymouth deserved their point in the end um, after a poor second half to play, really, from City on Saturday. And, um, Mark, we'll talk about Jamie Curitan there. Hans alluded to it. And uh, so despite City's poor overall performance, they could easily have won 3-1 because Curitan missed two one-on-ones he'd usually taken his sleep. Um, what are your thoughts on his overall performance? Um, yeah, overall, I think um, the, the front three were very disappointing um, on Saturday. I think they um, Curitan cost us the game um, in terms of winning it uh, with those two chances. Um, it's very unlike him. So I, I don't think we can say um, we weren't expecting him to have a bad performance one day, but it was just a shame it came uh, against our rivals. Um, but I think a goal just after half-time, that the, the first chance that he almost looked like, we were waiting just to start cheering. I think that would have killed Plymouth off if we'd have scored that, even if they'd have got a goal back in the second half. Um, but we talked about uh, last week about a point uh, where he could start going downhill. Um, I don't think this will be it, but um, it's de- definitely a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think perhaps with the first one, it sounds strange, but the way it was headed back to him, perhaps he just had a little bit too much time to sort of think about it and where he was going to put it. He's quite an instinctive finisher sometimes. Perhaps with all that time to think about it, maybe he thought about it too much and ended up putting it wide. But, uh, yeah, disappointing. But um, I think we can forgive him because of all the goals and all the times he's bailed us out already this season. And, Mark, we'll stick with you because you talked about the front three. And front three sorry, And we'll talk about Alan Gow. It wasn't his best day 
on Saturday. Um, there's perhaps a possibility that we're over-reliant on him for creativity, because when he doesn't perform, we don't seem to create a lot. And do you think teams have sussed him out? Yeah, you're right. I think that's a possibility. But like, obviously, Plymouth, um, Carl Fletcher said that he obviously he's played alongside um, Alan Gow, so I'm sure they know all about him. But yeah, it's another big experienced player who uh, let us down on the pitch on Saturday, which is disappointing. And I thought he wants to prove himself in front of those Plymouth fans that booed him off uh, when he when he was substituted eventually. But yeah, I think the front three um, and John O'Flynn as well. I think it's just one of their worst performance of the season, really, going forward. I think. It shows that Sirkin got the goal, and it wasn't any of them who uh, really did anything towards that, really. No, and uh, yeah, it wasn't their best day on Saturday, the front three. And uh, someone who's perhaps trying to get into that front three, who we'll touch on briefly, is Guillaume Bowser, because he seemingly disappeared from Tisdale's plans. And uh, do you think his disappearance is a, is a positive or a negative, Hans, in your opinion? I think it's a negative. I think um, you want as many players as available and fit so that you've got competition for places. He does have something about him, but um, he's not been he's not scored many goals when he has had the opportunities. He's uh, supposedly an expensive player, so we should be looking to get some value for money out of him. Though there's a couple of um, players that also I think could have perhaps been tried. Um, Jamie Reid has uh, been on the bench a few times. Um, you know, he's probably got just as right many rights to be there in the uh, team as uh, Guillaume Bowser. Yeah, Bowser's fallen down the pecking order quite alarmingly, really. I thought he was going to be quite a big player this season, having, well, with the, in the second year of his two year deal. I thought he'd perhaps excel a bit more in a lower level, but it's obviously not turned out that way, and uh, perhaps a loan move could be on the horizon for him in the new year. But, um,. Hans, we'll stick with you and talk about Scott Bennett because I was very disappointed with his performance on Saturday. It was one of his poorest for the season, I think. And uh, was it the occasion getting to him with him being a local lad or was it just one of those days for him that he's going to have being a youngster? I, I think it's the occasion leading to it being one of those days, basically. It was uh, disappointing. There was some um, poor passing, some poor tackling. We needed something far better in midfield. Um, and particularly defensive midfield, I think, particularly second half, to, you know, to control the game, and we were not getting that from Scott Bennett. So, um, you know, maybe maybe some changes. We did all right when he was uh, missing on suspension, so uh, maybe Tiz needs to rethink about this. Yeah, and uh, so, Mark, despite Bennett's poor performance on Saturday, do you think he's still worthy of a starting place ahead of Tommy Doherty, or do you think the Docs should come in for the next couple of games? I think another um, thing for Scott Bennett, firstly, is I think it didn't help him when he was missing the headers. Um, I think he probably could have got a goal on Saturday um, with the amount of chances he had at the back post. Uh, but Tommy Doherty, I think we missed him. Um, he, he sort of needed to, we needed someone to get the ball off Plymouth because early in the second half, um, after sort of Curitan had that first chance, we were struggling to get the ball for a while. And I think Tommy Doherty, with his sort of physical presence, would have um, been able to get the ball off Plymouth and hopefully move the ball forward. So I think we, we needed someone like him on the pitch on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it's just a shame he was injured. Yeah, and hopefully he'll be back to fitness soon and back in and around the team and the squad. And, uh, Mark, we'll stay with you for a minute because we're going to talk about the tactics on Saturday. Would you have started, Mark, with um, Jimmy Keohane, like at Rochdale last week, to try and give the side some more attacking impetus? Yeah, I did say on Exeter before the game that I, th- I think I'd like to, uh, to see Keohane feature... Um, from uh, watching the game, I'd rather him have uh, started. I think he um, gave us the pace uh, going forward uh, when he came on. 
And when I was watching the highlights, I didn't realise that he put that brilliant ball through to Curitan on the uh, second goal. So I think uh, that was probably the, the best pass of the day. Uh, but Ayakihane, definitely one of the standout performances or definitely one of the super subs that came on for us, I think. Yeah, he had a decent game off the bench, I thought, and added some much-needed creativity in the midfield in the second half, because in the second half, we seemed to sort of drop off and invite pressure onto us, and it seems to have occurred in a few second halves of the season. I mean, Rochdale last week, letting them get two goals back. Bristol Rovers at home, we sat back, I think, after getting the equaliser. Hans, any ideas how to prevent this sort of thing from happening? I think the tactics for the second half have to be more adventurous than um, they have been. I don't really know what happened on uh, Saturday. I mean, it almost looked like um, the City players couldn't be that bothered, um, which, you know, for a derby game, um, you want blood and guts from uh, your players. You know, if they break a leg, you expect them to carry on. It's that kind of uh, atmosphere. And it did seem that um, they were a bit lackadaisical. Um, I wonder if that's... I, I think Saturday is different from perhaps some of the other games because of the occasion. Um, but yeah, Rochdale was... Um, it was going to be inevitable. You know, you're 3-0 down, you have to change uh, dramatically what you're doing and throw everything forward, and Rochdale did that. And we did seem to have some problems dealing with that. I suppose, you know, the reverse is, is our 3-3 at Oldham a few seasons back, where we... Um, put the pressure on and succeeded but yeah there is this um, too often where we just seem to uh, sit back and watch the other team play football and not you know we're not trying to take control of the game and um, keep the ball which I think is something that we need to do yeah I'm in agreement with you on that I was giving the ball back to Plymouth way too easily on Saturday weren't keeping the ball well enough going forward and we're just uh, inviting the pressure on and the goal in the end was inevitable unfortunately but um, as for the atmosphere on Saturday, uh, Mark, you're in the old grandstand, Hans. You in the big bank on Saturday? Yes, I was. Um, what was really pleasing as I came through the uh, turnstile was that the uh, crowd was in uh, good voice. You know, our fans were in good voice. That's always uh, good to good to hear. And it, it was. It went quiet in the second half as uh, it got very, very, very tense, and it wasn't great football from our perspective. So it uh, understandably went quiet. But I thought. The rest of the time, I thought the Siege Army and the fans in the Big Bank did well. Yeah, and as for the uh, police presence, there was a helicopter buzzing around and there were all the police on horseback as well. And Mark, do you think that was excessive or do you think it was needed to try and keep it under control? Yeah, I think my view on it is that the actual police presence um, on the ground, uh, I think that worked. Um, I think they messed up at the JPT a couple of years ago. Uh, that um, It was just that it was needed, really. I think the police... Uh, they did a good job in the end, but the, the helicopter was very uh, strange. I don't, I don't understand why that was um, there, and it, it just seemed to be annoying before the game and after the game. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I don't understand why that that was needed, and I don't understand. Um, well, obviously, a lot of money went towards that. So yeah, I, I just would, would like to know what all that money. Uh, well, we've obviously we know what the money went towards, but why it was needed in that way. Yeah, and uh, thankfully I think the game went off without uh, any trouble, I think, on the streets and the police did keep it under control. And as for the occasion as a whole, uh, Hans, was the game a bit of an anticlimax? I mean, it wasn't a classic by any means, but is that just to be expected from a local derby? Um, no, they're, they're variable. It's, um, 
the, the hype wasn't there this time as it was two seasons ago um, with the JPT. Um, well, actually, before the JPT draw, that was you know it was the one game that we were all particularly looking forward to, and then. But I think maybe that was because you know they were coming down, they were on the um, decline, and we were at the time on the way up. Um, this time, you know, we've we've dropped into League Two, and they are struggling in League Two. It's um, just doesn't quite work the same, I think, in people's minds. I, when they read out the attendance, I was hugely disappointed. I was uh, hoping for a lot more. I was hoping that it should be you know near capacity and that's something i think the club will need to look at is is whether their ticket sales method was what put people off or whether it's just people just didn't fancy the game yeah i was disappointed in the crowd as well i was expecting a seven thousand plus crowd really i mean whether it's to do with the policy of having to be a known supporter i guess or safety things i guess influencing that sort of decision or whether it was the fact that they stopped selling them on friday evening i mean i saw on xweb a few people saying that their local league games are being called off they would have bought tickets saturday morning but i mean there's there's various things that it could be attributed to but it was a shame not to see st james park packed out and it was a shame really they had to settle for a draw but at least as we were saying at the beginning at least we didn't get beaten and uh, we move on now to discuss league two and uh up in Yorkshire on Saturday, it was York 4, Bristol Rovers 1, and it was the last draw for Mark McGee. He's been under pressure all season, and they finally got rid of him on Saturday evening. And today they've named his replacement, John Ward, for a second spell at the club. Mark, what do you think of those decisions? Well, we've been talking for a long time about Mark McGee getting sacked, I think, was it since the end of September or something like that? Um, so, yeah, um, I think he had to go eventually, and now especially Rovers have dropped into the bottom two. Um, I'm not sure. That, I don't think they'd be very happy with that. It's definitely not what their um, ex- season, uh, pre-season expectation was. Uh, John Ward, the replacement, obviously uh, he's been there before and he's got experience. And I think um, survive, um, staying in League Two um, is that experience is what you need, really. Uh, we were talking about AFC Wimbledon a, a couple of weeks ago when they lost their manager and they replaced him with a, a younger manager. So uh, and. We don't think that's going to work out too well. So I think the experience um, that John Ward has, I think uh, that that would be good. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that one develops there, whether they, whether they benefit from the new manager effect and start climbing the table. And uh, Gillingham, they're at the top of the table still. They had to come from two goals down against Fleetwood on Saturday at home and finished in a two-all draw. And uh, Hans, Gillingham don't seem to be quite as invincible as they seemed at the start of the season, but do you think they'll still do enough to go up? I think it's just a mid-table wobble. Um, as much as I think most of us would like them to fall flat on their face, if only to give us another chance to uh, get in the autos, I don't think that they will. I think um, Mad Dog Allen will have them uh, back, um, running away with games again. Um, yeah, I think they um, must be odds-on favourites for uh, winning um, the division. Yeah, and uh, as for their opponents on Saturday, Fleetwood, they've got a new manager as well. Uh, Mark, how do you think they'll get on with their new boss, Gary Alexander? Uh, it seems... Uh, uh, is sorry. It, is, it Gra- no, is it Graham Alexander? Gary Alexander. <laughs> sorry, is it Graham Alexander? Not Gary. Graham, it's yeah. Graham. Yeah, Gary was our lad. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Graham Alexander. How will uh, they yeah, get on, Mark? With well, him? again, I think... Um, well, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't really heard of him, to be honest with you, but um, I think... I think it was a bit surprised when Mickey Mellon uh, was sacked, considering he brought them up from the conference. Uh, it should be interesting to see how Fleet would do. Obviously, uh, in terms of us, we'd like them to stay out of the top seven. And uh, yeah, I, I haven't really got an opinion on this one, I'm afraid. 
No, well, it's too early, to, I suppose, in his reign to say, say about that, but a good point for them at the weekend up at Gillingham, and a good point for Southend as well at home to Bradford. They came from two goals down as well, like Gillingham, two goals in the last ten minutes, but we'll focus on Bradford after their excellent cup win over Arsenal last week, and uh, I think they, they haven't lost a cup game all season, I don't think. They're still in the JPT and still in the FA Cup after their appeal was successful after they were initially kicked out for fielding an illegible player. But Hans, do you think their cup exploits will distract them, or will it inspire confidence in their promotion push? Um, it didn't do us any harm in 89-90 when we went on the amazing FA Cup run. Um, I think the you know the thing on Saturday was um, was probably exhaustion. You know, it was two late goals and Southend had to uh, go on the attack and uh, they did that very successfully. I mean, it's interesting that you know we went to Bradford and won one nil, and then Arsenal was supposed to be uh, top flight Champions League, unable to uh, to do so. So um, does that mean we're better than Arsenal? <laughs> I suppose it does in one in a weird sense. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, yeah, we did something they couldn't do, of course. So uh, yeah, that was a great win few weeks ago up at Bradford and uh, we're hoping for another great away win this weekend because we're going to move on now to talk about the second Devon derby in as many weeks. It's Torquay against Exeter at Plainmore on Saturday and uh, yeah last time we were there it certainly was a memorable occasion. What are your standout memories from the day Hans? Um, there are so many. Um, the first leg of course we'd lost 2-1. There was um, Carlisle goal uh, wrongly disallowed. There was um, Paul Jones kicking the ball to uh, Zabrowski right towards the end to make sure that we went to um, play more um, two one down. Um, but the odd thing was, I mean, you know, Torquay went three one up on aggregate with um, their early goal. Oh, sorry, early goal is fifty eighth minute, I think, and. Um, you know, I, I wasn't thinking that was it. That was all over. It was interesting. You know, the Torquay fans were singing, uh, "We got into Wembley," um, but uh, never, never sort of uh, dis Exeter or not those uh, days. And uh, you know, we pulled one goal back. We pulled pulled two goals back, and uh, I think there's a huge amount of confidence in the away end that um, you know we were still very much in it, and we could still still win it. You know, we saw the penalty. You knew that we were going to uh, win that, even though we were a bit surprised that it was um, it was uh, Ben Watson that stepped up to take it, and of course you got the Logan goal. You know, uh, typical Logan with a header, and then the fourth one went in. You know, it was just. You know, one of the uh, top occasions in that away end. Um, I think everybody hugged everybody, whether they knew them or not, you know, with what was going on. Paul Jones came round at the end and shook um, everybody's hand. Um, that was still there. That was uh, that was quite good. And then, of course, we'll always remember the Tully interview on Santanta um, when he used some uh, choice words as uh, his celebration of uh, that win. It was, it was remarkable. I mean... I, I think after the previous season's playoffs and uh, losing at Wembley, I think we just felt that it was it was our season, it was our right to be going to Wembley to uh, go to Wembley to win. It was a different way of doing things. It was a different. Whilst we're still excited, it was uh, different. I think we we're a lot more uh, focused. Both, you know, not just the, the team, but I think the fans were a lot more focused on what was required as well. But yeah, it was a good day out. Yeah, fantastic day, and uh, I wasn't there actually, I had to settle for watching it on Satanta that day, but no, superb result, and uh, a repeat on Saturday would be very much appreciated of course, but Mark, both teams have playoff aspirations, Exeter are currently four places and two points ahead of Torquay, will you be expecting a tight cagey match like the Saturday just No, I think, uh, well obviously, uh, yes, both having playoff aspirations, I think the first half will be a bit tight and nervy, 
but um, I actually am very optimistic about this Saturday. Um, and I, I wasn't um, that optimistic about the Rats playing Plymouth. I thought it was going to be um, well a draw or a def- um, which which ended up being. But yeah, Plymouth um, up Torquay. I think everyone um, on X Web is saying that we're going to beat um, Torquay. So uh, I think I think everyone's confident. Um, so it's just going to be a hopefully it'll be another good day out. Four um, one would be a nice win. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly would, and uh, I guess there's less pressure on this one. There's a bit less riding on it. It's not quite the same intensity as Exeter against Plymouth, of course. And uh, Hans, the way City are playing this season, are you going to be more confident with the fact that City are playing away on Saturday than you would be if the game was at St James Park? I think so. Um, away games, apart from um, perhaps Cheltenham, which was a huge letdown, the um, performance by City have been so much better. The style seems to suit us, which is... Um, um, counter-attacking football um, I think that again it will work well for us we've already won seven away games this season far more than what we've uh, won at home I think um, we can expect more of the same I mean they'll have watched the Plymouth game they'll have uh, some understandings of the tensions involved can they um, stop Gow in the same way I think um, Jamie Curitan will feel that he owes the fans something I think uh, Gow and Curitan um, will be on fire and uh, I, I'm quite confident that uh, we can get a really good result there Yeah and uh, that brings us on actually to the predictions, we do this every week of course and uh, Mark we'll start with you for Saturday what's your prediction? Yeah, for I'm going to say Exeter 2, Torquay 0 um, yeah, like Hans said I think Curitin will get a goal and I think O'Flynn uh, will get a penalty and score that And uh, Hans what about you? I think it's going to be Torquay 1 Exeter 3 would be very good indeed. Another superb away win, and I'm going to continue the optimistic theme. I think it'll be a 1 0 away win, Curitan with the goal, and uh, returning back to Exeter happy. And uh, hope you two have a great time at the game Saturday. I unfortunately won't be there. I'm away up north on Friday for Christmas to see family up there, but uh, so I'll be at the other St James Park on Saturday seeing Newcastle play. But I hope you two have a great time at playing more on Saturday, and let's hope that we get the right result and three points to take back with us. And uh, so I'm sure there'll be a show next week. I probably won't be here, but I'm sure Ollie and Mark and Hans will be able to talk you through all of Saturday's action from the game against Torquay and look ahead to a packed festive programme against Oxford and Barnet as well. So thank you for joining us this week. We hope it's been a good listen and thank you for listening in. And we'll see you next time for more Grecian Talk.